You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming to you from the worldwide headquarters in the middle of nowhere, it's the Jim Day Podcast. A pleasant hello, everyone out there, and thanks again for checking out the Jim Day podcast, and we thank you for your support, and we really appreciate those five-star ratings you've been dropping on iTunes and other places, and if you haven't done so and you like what you hear, please help us out. It will help the growth of this show, the future of this show. Just scroll on down there where, however you're listening, on your phone or computer, whatever device, and just... Click a five-star rating. That would be great if you want to leave a review. I read all the reviews, and we're hoping to learn from this and uh, get your feedback as well. And most of it has been very, very positive, and we appreciate that. You know that uh, if you've listened, and, and hey, we invite you to check out the archives. If you're just checking us out today, please go back because these conversations, for the most part, in fact, nearly 100%, are evergreen. So, they live and will live. It doesn't matter if you, if you think, okay, well, I missed this episode and it's going to be dated. It's not. So uh, go back in the archives. There's some terrific stuff in there. And we think we have some terrific stuff here today. Now, you've if you've listened along, you know that most of the conversations have been loose and lighthearted and we had some fun. Today, we've got a guy that uh, many has a serious, uh, serious story behind him. And he is a very likable young man, Michael Lorenzen, uh, who I've uh, grown to know over the past several seasons here with the Reds. Uh, One of the best athletes I've ever seen in a Reds uniform, and he's proven that this year uh, by playing the outfield, being a pitcher, fast guy. Um, But his story is very inspirational of how he got here. And it could have gone either way with Michael. And he was at a crossroads of his life a few times and has really turned it in the right direction. And to me, it's a very inspirational story. So maybe not as many laughs on this episode, but boy, I hope you're inspired. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Reds. Well, what do I call him? In fact, we'll talk about this. Why? Does he want to be Reds pitcher? Does he want to be Reds outfielder? Or does he want to be just a baseball player? Either way, it's Michael Lorenzen here on the Jim Day Podcast. Hey, Michael Lorenzen, welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always nice to have you. Now, should I, as I just talked about in the open, should I call you Reds pitcher, Reds outfielder, or are we going with just uh, baseball player? Baseball player. Sounds good to me. How about we do, there we go. All right. We'll do that. There we go. Uh, With the microphone. Baseball player, which... It's got to be refreshing to you because since you be, you came into pro ball, you were a college center fielder yeah. um, and a closer, and you kept telling man, I, I can play the outfield, I can hit a little bit. We found that out last year with the home runs you hit. And this yeah. new staff, how refreshed were you with their attitude towards you? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I got a, a lot of support from Jeff Pickler, the outfield coach, which has helped tremendously. Um, he knows me a little bit from – you know, his his dad coached junior college ball in Southern California. My One of my older brothers actually played for his dad. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, um, 
you know, he grew up around the area and, and he knew who I was. And I think he'd seen me play a little bit at Cal State Fullerton. Right. So, so for him, he had seen it uh, firsthand and, and he, you know, trusted what I was saying. And I think he's really done a, um, a lot for me for giving me the opportunity and and thankfully David Bell is open-minded and was is receptive of you know what Jeff is throwing at him so it, it's been fun if you had to choose right now let, let's put you on the spot here let's say they said all right Michael you can stay in the big leagues <laughs> but you've either got to be an outfitter or you've got to be a pitcher you know <laughs> that's that's tough and, and that's tough I just want to be whatever I do I just want to be really good at it yeah. If that makes sense. It so, does, yeah. So I just, you know, when I'm pitching, I just want to be really good at it. I want to be the best I can possibly be. When I'm hitting, I want to be the best I can possibly be. When yeah. I'm in the outfield, I want to be the best I can possibly be. And so there, everyone always asks me, what's your favorite thing to do? And it's like, you know, my favorite thing to do is just, you know, see my hard work pay off and, and find success at what I'm doing. Um, really, so ultimately that's – that's the key, but th- there's a there's a lot to um, being a position player, an everyday player. Yeah, that pitchers miss out on. You know, being the you know the stolen base, going first to third, in a in a big situation to where you're a big run. And the other day, I got to steal second base with two outs in the in the top of the ninth inning, and you know that's a, that's a huge deal. And just to do be able to do stuff like that, or make the diving play, or throw the runner out. There's a lot more you're you're able to do um, to contribute to the game. As a, as a position player but the pitching side of it is also like it's so much fun because you're in total control of what you're doing right and that's where it, it gets really fun you almost feel like okay i'm in control of what i'm doing if um you know i'm, I'm in control of the success that i'm gonna have to our hitting it's like you can hit a rocket at someone and they can still catch it right so it's, it's a little different you mentioned hard work, and you, I mean, you almost wear me out just watching you because <laughs> I'm older and I'm out of shape now. But your work ethic is unbelievable. I mean, I'm, st- I'm sitting here looking at the guns. I mean, you might have the biggest <laughs> muscles I've ever seen on a pitcher. I mean, it's unbelievable. You've got, you've got to make sure you're hydrated here. So you've got three open containers of liquids i guess we'll just say some water and something else i don't know what that is beet juice beet juice yeah oh hold on hold on (laughs) beet juice yeah oh they had to force beets down me as a kid and once i got to be an adult there was no chance of a beet ever going in me again you've got beet juice yeah it's good um good for natural energy oh yeah you like the taste (laughs) oh i love it Wow. All right. Well, I've never had I've beets gross me out. I've never had yeah. beet juice, so maybe it's I'll pretty good. Try it. I need as much energy as I can get. There you go. Yeah. Well, th- th- this is the recipe right here. Some um alkaline water and some beet juice. There you go. Wow. Stay hydrated. <laughs> you have to as much as you work out. What is a your typical regimen during the season working out? Cuz I know you do weights, you you're you're stretching. I mean, Yeah. What's the typical regimen? Yeah, so it, it's a lot different during the season than it is during the off season. Um, during the season, it's maintaining and it's really staying as fresh as you can possibly be. Um, so, a lot of that comes from um, awareness of your body. Where am I stiff? How can I loosen that up? But um, thankfully, I, I would 
me and my wife bought a house in Kentucky last mm-hmm. year and we were able to put a gym in the basement to where like for me, I'm already stretched out. I'm already loose. I've already done all of my stuff before I even got to the field. Um, so what I do is, you know, about an hour before I decide to come to the field, I go downstairs and I do, you know, some hanging, which is, you know, really opens up the, the body and, um, lengthens out the lats lengths. Um, you're using your grip strength cause I'm squeezing the rings pretty tight, but I'm relaxing the rest of my body. So I'm letting gravity work and it's good for the spine. It's good for the hips. It lengthens you back out. So I'm doing stuff like that. Um, I'm doing these funny things called spinal waves. You could, you'll see the, if you want to see what a spinal wave is, you'll see what the bull, just go watch the bullpen. Uh, when we hit a home run, that's our celebrate celebratory dance is a spinal wave. It's pretty funny. Um, so I do those for about 10 minutes and, and I'm doing stuff for my spine and stuff for my hips. Um, I have some punching bags and stuff like that, that I, that I like to hit to get my shoulders warm. And then I stretch out my shoulders. A lot of it's, you know, just generating blood flow and, and movement. Um, and then when we get to the field, it's all baseball stuff, um, obviously. And then if I end up pitching that night, then that's when I that's when I do a lift. I'll work out whether it's you know lower body or upper body. After um, you pitch. After I pitch. Yeah, that's so you're that's, wearing that's, me that's out pretty right normal. Here. That's you're, pretty normal though. Yeah. Mo- most guys work out after they pitch. Yeah. Um. So. But they haven't gone through what you've already gone through earlier in the day. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's. <laughs> Yes, I'm not seeing the muscles in the clubhouse <laughs> of the other pitchers. <laughs> yeah, so you're wearing me out. Just, I mean, some of these videos that I've seen of you, one, you're just standing, you're, you're leaping onto. I mean, what's the high? Have you measured how high you can a standing jump? Um, I haven't measured how high I've. What's the video? You jumped onto something like 58 inches or something like oh. that. I don't. Standing jump, yeah. Standing jump. I don't like cheating and stepping into it. Yeah. I just want to see. No, it's just. Yeah. So I I really, what has helped me is I I train to maintain my athleticism. I want to try and become more athletic year after year. So I I truly do feel like I am more athletic. I'm more aware of my body. I can do more things at 27 years old than more than I was able to when I was 19, 20, 21. And that's just because of the knowledge that I've been able to, you know, unravel and, and, um, been on this journey of just trying to discover like what I can possibly do with my body and right. really, um, you know, being married to a nurse helps out a ton cause she's pretty <laughs> educated. I went to school for kinesiology. Um, so, you know, these things fascinate me. I have people from other countries come out. Um, from different philosophies come out to train with me and so I can learn their philosophies. I've had someone from Israel, someone from South Korea, um, you know, person from South Korea didn't even speak English. We had to bring a translator. He spoke a little bit of English, but yeah, I'm, where I'm, was it? That was recently, that was in right? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Really open-minded to different philosophies yeah. and, and, um, you know, I just feel like every, everything works, everything does work, but just figuring out what works for you. So that's why, that's why my mind is, I'm really open-minded when it comes to my training, because, you know, you look at a guy like Hunter Pence, and I'm sure most people know Hunter Pence, well, right? Well, the Reds fans cringe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hunter yeah. Pence which is perfect. 2012. Which is perfect, because yeah. everyone knows him then. So you look yeah. at his swing, you look at the way he throws a ball, and you say, that's, you, no one can be successful doing that. Particularly throwing the ball. Yeah. 
And, I mean, his I, even swing, his swing too, yeah. right? Right. He's that, just up there. That's he's not a, how it's taught. Yeah, he's up there. He's as active as, Ex as you got in the box and exactly. unorthodox. Exactly. And swinging the balls way out of the zone. It, but it but it works. He's yeah. been an all star. He's had a great yeah. career, and it works for him. So yeah. that's where I'm saying how everything works. But what works for you? And yeah. so every philosophy, you know, there's a reason why it's become a philosophy, and it's and it's you know gained some ground right. because it works. But are you worried about? There are those that would say, um, as he takes another drink of beet juice. <laughs> it, wow, it's really good. Yummy beet juice. Give me a kale salad with that as well. Can I have a side <laughs> of kale? In Southern California, <laughs> back home. Oh, not a kale guy either. Maybe I should try to mix this into my diet. That's why I look like I do. Um, <laughs> there are those that would say, "Hey, why don't? He, why doesn't he just concentrate on you know throwing three to five pitches?" And the body's only meant to take so much. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that. And you know, the too many muscles messes with your flexibility. Yeah. Although you do flexibility exercises yeah. every day. Um, what would you say to the people to say, man, just you're going too hard at it. You can only do think, so much with the body. It's so funny to me because those people are people who are uneducated and within the body. And yeah. what, so they, so that's the, that's what frustrates me about baseball and the philosophy of baseball. It's, it's all these legends passed down and there's no proof. There's no right. scientific evidence of how is this true you know it's just oh well i heard this guy say it well this one right. guy got hurt and he used to be really big and tight and so yeah that's why it doesn't work for anyone and and when you actually are educated within the body and you know i mean if you if you know me i'm, I'm one of the most mobile guys on the team and you know in, in baseball and i take care of that so you know rarely do i even um other than in the off season do i lift heavy like during yeah. the season, I'm not lifting heavy. I'm not doing anything. Right. It's just I've built a foundation through years and years and years of hard work, you know, from 15 years old on of like right. I'm hitting the weight room because I've seen myself get faster. I've seen myself get stronger and be able to hit the ball harder. And so I, as I'm working hard, I'm seeing it pay off and I became obsessed with working hard. And I became obsessed with saying, okay, it does translate. So this isn't, people look at me and go, oh, he just got big. It's like, no, I've been, I've been working hard and building my foundation since I was 14, yeah. 15 years old and hitting the gym and hitting, you know, on, on Thanksgiving, making sure that I go to the gym on Christmas day, making sure that I go to the gym and get my work in, um, to where everyone else isn't necessarily doing that. So for me to maintain, I guess, the my body and maintain it, it's not that hard for me to maintain it because I've already laid down all the right. hard work. Um, so when you look at me and you think, oh, he's big and he's tight and this and that, and it's like we could line them up and, and we'll see who's who's more mobile, <laughs> who's more, you know, everyone likes to say flexible, which flexible isn't even a proper term necessarily in what yeah. I want. You want mobility. Um, but we could line them up and – you can line up a, a, a super skinny guy right next to me and I'll be more mobile and be able to do more things than that person, guaranteed. Well, now you're going to make me feel even more guilty this coming <laughs> Thanksgiving when I'm sitting there in my food coma after I've just porked out and I'll think, you know what, Michael Lorenzen is working out right now. <laughs> I really used to like this guy and now I really don't. That's no. pretty funny. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you Thanksgiving some 
Again, in that food coma. Um, yeah. We, we had a video, and I actually you did this at Red's Fest. This, um, this glass uh, a, a cup of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? It's on your forehead? Yeah. And, I mean, obviously this is an audio medium they can't see, but explain this video. And then you can Google this, I'm sure, and yeah, there's, yeah. there's a video of you somewhere doing this. Yeah. Um, you put a cup of water on your forehead, and you eventually... How do how I just you get it explain? to basically get it to the ground? Yeah, um, without spilling anything, without using my hands or that's. I mean, I saw it on Instagram from a guy that I follow who does like some movement stuff, and yeah. I thought I'd try it. I was at my in-laws' house, um, thought I'd try it, and I was able to do it. And did you and do then, it right away, or did yeah, it take I a few times? No, I did it. So I did it once because um, I was or my parent or my in-laws have white carpet so i didn't want to <laughs> do it with any liquid in it the first time so i was like let me uh, try it i wonder how hard it is and i did it with an empty cup and i and i was able to do it it's so like all right now let's put something in it and the second take second try i ever did was the one that's on film with oh with stuff in goodness. it so all right google that out there people it'll make you feel worse about yourself i thought <laughs> 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 that that's your goal at all um you uh, you live clean now, uh, obviously. Um, it wasn't always that way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe we can ins inspire some people here today. Yeah. Can you tell us your story? Because you were going down the wrong path, right? What yeah. age was it when you had this moment um, of yeah. self-realization that yeah. you completely changed your life? And yeah. what, what was going on before it? Yeah, so I was 16 and 17 when that happened. Um you know, but I just grew up in a, in a, I think, well, for me growing up was a pretty normal family in, in Southern California. Um, you know, it was just a lot of fighting, a lot of, you know, parents arguing, mm -hmm. both my parents dealt with alcoholism. Um, so I did, I just, I would say I didn't have any good role models in life. Um, the people who I guess set the standard of what life is. It just wasn't a good standard, and that's all I knew. Um, you know, my brother was drafted by the Dodgers in 2000, mm -hmm. 2002, I think 2000, and he was 18. He was drafted out of high school. I was eight years old, so, I mean, ever since he was drafted, that was like, this is my dream. Right. You know, if it's possible. He did it. I think I can do it because I'm way better than they were at this <laughs> age already. <laughs> So that was my dream, and that's who I looked up to. And, and a couple years later, you know, unfortunately, my brother was arrested, um, and he was on the DL at the time. He had Tommy John surgery, and he was released by the Dodgers. And, and um, you know, my dad, I've, I'd seen my dad go to jail. I'd seen, you know, just countless of fights, police coming to the house all the time, um, brothers getting in fights brother's getting in trouble having to go to the er because he's got 70 stitches in his forehead for getting in a fight just stuff like oh that goodness. and these are i mean this that's how did you deal with that as it, a kid it, was, I it mean. was normal to be honest it, w it was normal it was just a way of life it was it was when you don't know any different right yeah. it, it's just becomes well, what normal. were they arrested for or is that something uh, that... i'd rather keep that okay yeah, yeah i'd rather that's fine yeah it's but still to deal with um yeah. How could you not go down that same path? If you said it's normal, then yeah, ex exactly. So I guess that's where, that's where, um, you know, that that, I guess, 
God changing my life was so impactful and so important to me because, you know, I'd seen, I'm the youngest out of four and I have three older brothers and they were all, um, you know, they, they, they were pretty wild in high school yeah. and, and stuff. And so I saw that I, I was with them with their friends all the time. You know, I was, I was just the, the fun young little brother who was too young to hang out with them. Um, and so when I went to high school, it was my turn, you know, it was like, all right, I'm finally old enough. I'm a, I'm a grown man. Suppose like, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's, it was my time. And so I was getting in some trouble. Um, and baseball was really something that would keep me out of trouble. Yeah. And, you know, we got a, he's a good baseball player and, you know, slap on the wrist, this and that. And I was actually high on a pier, um, going to prom and some guy was just sharing about the gospel. Now, uh, let me stop you. I'm sorry. You yeah. were high as in drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had, um, gone down under the pier, just me and my buddies and, and smoked some weed. And right. that was, that was just normal for us. Mm-hmm. And then we went up and, and some guy was sharing the gospel about how Jesus died for my sins and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, hit me hard, really, really hard at that point in time, because I'd seen, there's a movie out called Passion of the Christ and stuff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw it as a, um, as I was growing up and I believed in the story and I believed in everything that, that, you know, the movie was about. And I just felt extremely convicted because I was like, man, my, my dad left when I was in elementary school. Um, you know, I think he had some legal issues too. And so he, you know, kind of went up north in, to Reno to, to make sure that he was, wasn't in, um, in any way of getting in trouble or something. I don't, I don't really yeah. know too much about it, but he ended up leaving. So my mom was raising basically the boys on her own. Two of them were old enough to help her out, but she was raising us on her own. She was at work and she's, you know, working 12 hour nights at a restaurant at downtown Disney and, and doing everything that she can to pay rent and feed me and stuff. And I'm, I'm high on a pier and and messing around with my buddies and I'm making the same mistakes as all the rest of my brothers have made. And I'm thinking about all this stuff as, as this guy's sharing with me and sharing all this, you know, for me it was convicting information and I was like, man, I'm obviously, you know, not, not really living up to, you know, what this guy's talking about. Like Jesus died for my sins. What am I, and I'm here high on a pier right now. Just, you know, what am I doing? And, um, yeah, just, it really hit one of the things that he said though, that hit me. And I tell the kids, I I have a group of FCA kids that come once a month for high school and, and I share, you know, my testimony and, and share, a message with them and try and encourage them. FCA is that fellowship F- of Christian athletes. Yeah. FCA okay. fellowship of Christian athletes. And they come and, and you know, they're able to go stay for the game after. And mm-hmm. what's been fun is usually I end up pitching on those days, which has been cool. But yeah. the one thing that I share with them and it's because it impacted me when this guy said, he's like, it's not enough just to believe that God exists. It's not, it's not enough. Even the demons believe God exists. It's about, you know, choosing to obey him. And that really hit me when I was on that pier that night. And then I think, you know, from then on, it hasn't been a perfect situation or a perfect life by any means. Um, but it's been a life of, you know, it's, it's not about, it's not all about me anymore. It's not all about me. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, you know, I remember calling my brother, Matthew, who had been on that kind of the same journey at the same time, which was mm-hmm. so good to go through it with him. Um, calling him into the bathroom and saying, Hey, I know why I play baseball now. 
She's like, why? I go to use it as a platform to share about God and share about his hope and his love. And he's like, man, that's incredible. That's so awesome. And, and ever since then, it's been just this mission to work as hard as I possibly can, not for myself anymore, but really to use the gift that he's given me as a platform, um, you know, to share the gospel, to bring people hope. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on a huge stage and my failures and my successes, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a fishbowl and how I handle those failures, how I handle those successes, you know, it, it really impacts other people because that's how Tim Tebow handled his life mm-hmm. really impacted me because I, I saw everything. And so I started to, okay, how can I do that for other people? And, right. you know, with my father's passing, how can I handle this situation and show that God is, um, you know, at work in this situation still, there's still hope, there's still, you know, joy in my life. And, and I've found that, um, I've gotten so many messages from people saying that, you know, they found a ton of, um, hope just through the way I was able to handle it. So, I mean, it's more than just a game. It's more than just getting outs on the field. It's more than just, you know, being the best, you know, there's so much more to it with the platform that being a major league baseball player brings. Well, you don't just sing it, you bring it. I've seen over several years now, uh, you not only talking about it, but you live it and you, um, you certainly give back like uh, no one I've, I've seen before, really, in Appreciate this way. Um, so I just want everyone to know out there, he's just not preaching it. He's living it. Um, I want to go back to that, that night uh, on the pier. Was it instantaneous? Were your life, like right then, you didn't do drugs after that? Was it a gradual thing after that, no, or was that where it started? It was a little bit of a gradual thing. Um, it was something that... It, it was like a seed had been planted, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I still went and got drunk. It was prom night, got drunk. But there was it was a difference. There was a difference. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a conviction there in a sense of there's like, man, before there was no right and wrong. And now I'm like, ah, uh, man, I don't I'm feeling this tug. I don't know. Right. This doesn't feel right. And then I ended up going to church and with my brothers, a church in Costa Mesa, California, and like just a non-denominational church. And it was the first time that I'd been to church where like the pastor, I'd, before it was like, I don't know what these guys are saying. Like, what, what are, what are these guys talking about up there? Like, it's just, this is for, this isn't for me. This isn't for, it's for like my grandma or something. Right. And it was the first time where I went and I was like, man, I'm, why am I understanding what he's saying right now? Like the, he's speaking to me right now. This is, this is strange. And it's, you hear stories like that all the time to where, you know, God, it, what's happening is God is like opening your heart to like understand his words and, and, um, you know, he's speaking to you. Yeah. And that's where, you know, for me, that's where it kind of changed for me. And I had no education of, of the Bible or no, knowledge of the Bible. Um, but I just started picking it up and reading it and learning more about who God was and learning more about, um, you know, what he did for me and, and how he, you know, loves me and, and how he sent his son to die for my sins and how, you know, for me as a believer, how I'm to live my life. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's been this journey um, this long journey and I found someone, you know, I call him pastor Bob and, and I started meeting with him once a week and it, he, he really was an eye opener for me. Um, he was a father figure for me. Um, and 
one thing when the first time I met with him, he said, so tell me about your faith now that you believe um, in, in God. Tell me, tell me, tell me about your faith. And I really didn't know much about it. Yeah. And so I think he was like, he was making me aware that I knew very little of what I believed in. And um, he said, so you think that, you know, you're going to use baseball as this platform. What are you going to tell people? God loves you. That's it. That's all you're going to tell them. What if, what if they come to you with problem? What if they come to you with this? And he's like, you don't have the answers, but the answers are in the Bible. You need to read this thing. And so we started to get, we started getting into it and he really just, it was like going to school and it was awesome. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, and really just getting in the word of God all the time, learning, um, learning about who God is, learning how to share with people in a sense of, okay, you're going through this. Okay. I, you know, the Bible speaks of, you know, these issues here and, and that maybe this can help you out and stuff like that. And, and, um, like I said, it, it's been a journey, you yeah. know, it, it's just like baseball, right? It's just like uh, working out when you, when you first decide you're going to go to the gym, you're not this strong, Right. Dude, you know what I mean? You're yeah. not this in shape dude. All of a sudden you, you had this thought in your mind, "Oh, I'm going to go to the gym." It's, all right, well you have you have now the the mindset and the passion to go to the gym, so you're going to go, but it doesn't mean you're going to put, you know, three plates on the bar and start benching it. Right. You got to work your way your work your way into it, and that's been this journey for me of of, you know, showing up every day, you know, reading every day, praying and and um just different things like that and, and growing and, and you know, the, the more I show up, the stronger, stronger you get, but there's going to be days where you don't feel like showing up to the gym. It's going to be days where you're sore, where you're beat down, you're tired. You didn't get much sleep. Um, it's Thanksgiving, (laughs) (laughs) right? But, but I mean, it's, it's with anything, it's with anything. And, um, you know, and, and I just kept showing up and, and yeah, and I'm nowhere near my perfect. I fail each and every day. And, um, but through God's grace, you know, I'm able to keep moving forward. And it, it's nice to put your head on the pillow at night and know that, you know, all of your, all of your failures have been forgiven. Right. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to change any of those mistakes that you've made other than tomorrow's a fresh start. And I just, I sleep really well at night knowing that tomorrow's a fresh start. Wow. Well, you've got to have that as a person, and you certainly have to have that as a reliever. In baseball. <laughs> I was, I was a, thinking that same yeah, thing. Yeah, so you've got the double barrel action going yeah, on that one. Yeah. The, the guy that well, on the pier, I hate to keep coming back to this, but it just fascinates me when someone has this moment, you know, that yeah. is completely life-changing. Um, and it's happenstance that this gentleman is on a pier. You're there. Um, did you ever have any contact with him afterwards? Is he kind of a mystery? No, now? yeah, no contact, a mystery. Um, I mean, this guy would be fascinated to know what yeah. he did to your life. Exactly, but I think I think too he would be fascinated to know that. Um, but we also know, like, just as a believer, that it's not us doing the work. It, it's it's our job just to plant the seed, right. and we can plant seeds in so many people's lives. But the Bible talks about spreading the gospel. Boy, did no, he spread abso- he it, did. and now you're spreading it. I he mean, did. He, Abso- this would, he would be... Absolutely. Yeah, and maybe in heaven, he'll maybe we'll meet in heaven, wow. and that'll be a great That's, a great um, yeah. connection there. Um, you know, and, and 
yeah, he was definitely the the seed planter w- with that. And, um, you know, I've had multiple people watering that seed and, and, yeah. and watering the plant, you know, like Pastor Bob, my brother Matthew, and mm-hmm. other people in my life, uh, my wife now, um, that have been really, you know, keeping me going. It's right. been great. You're, you'd mentioned getting over, uh, the death of your father and, and not necessarily having him. I mean, you had him around and you, you said he didn't have great role models. Yeah. Um, and it was very public what, cause you were up with the reds when this all happened. Yeah. Um, and years had gone by, but you had sort of reconnected with your father before he passed. Was that, do I have that right? Or at least, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we would, we kept in touch. We kept in touch. I know he came to a few games. Yeah, he came to um, a Marlins series where I, I started against the Marlins. Yeah, um, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And, He's got to hydrate. Got to hydrate. Yeah, got to hydrate. And um, <laughs> no, that was fantastic. I'm so glad that that worked out. Um, but yeah, we kept in touch, and we we would talk every, you know, once a month. Um, and you know, he, we would talk when I knew when he'd call, I, I'd have to be ready for about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would need a, a three hour window of time to, yeah. to talk to him about everything. And he was, he watched every single game, recorded all of my college games. And, and we talked a ton about him. Um, huge fan. And, and I think my, my style of play now is like a, almost a dedication to, how you know he would what he would have really enjoyed seeing yeah you know he was all about just be a gamer just be a gamer go out get dirty get bloody um and say so what and and keep moving forward and and you know that's kind of my style a little bit oh there's no doubt (laughs) uh so there was no bitterness at all towards pops i mean you got you totally uh, no yeah we told him i think you know for him the hardest part for him was forgiving himself obviously you know the bible speaks of forgiveness and in order to receive forgiveness you have to be willing to forgive it um we can't you know it's tough not to be a hypocrite and hold grudges towards people even though you know god um our father and and the person who has saved us Mm -hmm. from sin has, has ultimately forgiven us and it's like how can we receive that type of forgiveness but not give out that forgiveness to other people so we had told him multiple times that you know we had forgiven him um you know for everything and but it's tough it it, it's tough knowing what you know that your kids are are now grown men and you feel like you failed them and 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 stuff like that it's tough to forgive yourself and i think that's what he dealt with most so yeah there was never any hard feelings or anything ultimately he was my dad and he was a fun dad we had a ton of fun and you know, with with his music, his passion for music, and yeah. he was just a really passionate person, but in a in a very fun, outgoing, jokingly way, and and he he was awesome. He was great. Led Zeppelin was his. Was that the his Who? Big, the Who? The, the, yeah, not Led Zeppelin. I was Zeppelin. really close. <laughs> I knew because uh, you had the, the walk up song of the Who. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I've I've covered thousands of games in, in sports over the years. I'm, I'm old now. Um, <laughs> It is very rare that I've gotten emotional during a game. Yeah. When you were away, when your father passed away, and you came back, and I, I mean, you're you're you get in that bat in the game, which is crazy. 
Yeah. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. Uh, at the time as a middle reliever. No, especially then. That was before I was really getting into right. bats. Yeah. yeah. You weren't getting into bats. I mean, you yeah. and you get in a bat in the game. Yeah. And you hit a home run. Yeah. You're round the bases. You're goodness gracious. I'm going to get tears in my eyes right now. You're round the base. You've got tears in your eyes. You come to home plate. You point to the heavens. I mean, I I had tears in my eyes in the camera well, and I've covered thousands of games. I never get emotional over yeah. the game. That was incredible. Yeah. When you look back on that, um, what do you think now? I mean, yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, going, thankfully, um, Brian Price, I went into his office and I, and I said, hey, before the game, I'm I don't need any more time. I'm back. So if there's a time where you think I need to pitch, do not hesitate to put me in the game. And thankfully, he put me in the game, you know, first game back, which was really neat. And, yeah, that was – it was an incredible, incredible experience for sure. And, and as I'm – you know, before I even went to home plate and he told me I was going to hit, I knew – I just knew internally I was going to hit a home run. I knew it. And – it's funny because I was looking at the pitcher and I played with him in the Arizona Fall League and I knew he threw really hard. And it's like, he's going to, I'm a pitcher coming up and, and they don't really know much about me yet. I know he's going to throw me a fastball first pitch and he's going to throw it really hard. So I got to make sure I'm on time and just, I just know I'm going to hit a home run. So I'm walking up to the plate, get in the box. And I think I remember, oh man, I should probably choke up just a little bit because he's throwing hard. So I, I remember choking up just a tad and then he th just threw a f 97 mile an hour fastball up and away and I hit it. And if you see my first couple steps, I'm holding the bat straight in the air because it's exactly what I had envisioned um, happening. And so that's me just in total shock and total awe. Like, I can't believe I just did that can't believe this is happening and I'm holding the bat up in the air for the first four steps and then I throw the bat off and that trot was nothing there's nothing like it it was yeah. unbelievable I mean you had teammates that had tears in their eyes in the dugout when yeah. you got to the dugout how special was yeah it was it was extremely special just knowing the fact that I think everyone you know if if you're a believer in God or not I think everyone knew something different was happening at that time like that that was planned. Right. Well, that I, was ordained, yeah. and that was, that was you know, there's no way that happened right. by chance. Well, I even said on the air, I'm like, if you believe in fate, it just happened. Yes, exactly. I mean, if, and uh, <laughs> still to this day, I can't believe it. I mean, what, yeah. just the fact that you got in a bat and then you hit a home run, your yeah. first game back, and <laughs> I mean, it's just... It, it yeah, was unbelievable, it, man. Yeah, it's it's a it's memory great. I will never forget. And again, I don't get emotional, man. These games are, you know, I'm immune to it now. I'm so yeah. immune. I've seen so many games and so many players and yeah. emotions and stuff. But uh, that was so cool. Um, I know we're up against time here in a, a little bit. Uh, he's got to go stretch, by the way, <laughs> as if he hasn't stretched enough today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to someone that might be in your situation we'll close it down this way say that there's a kid on a pier tonight yeah and he has no direction yeah what would you say um well, well i mean need to be a kid it can be yeah, a guy and you yeah you've i had influence on, all the time on, on, and on homeless uh, i know you've done some work with, with, yeah. with homeless um anyone yeah um, you know what, what what would be the message now that you i guess are, are more educated now yeah um 
you know, I think one, not to be too, you know, Bible thumpy and stuff like that. And, and let's, it does, you know, you've ran into it. It turns some, a lot of people off. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. I just really think that a, a good role model in someone's life is, is mm-hmm. really necessary. Yeah, and for me, that was, that was Tim Tebow for me, someone who, you know, was living out their faith, who was an athlete, who was in a fishbowl. Um, every single move he made, it was, you know, people were watching and that was my role model. I had role models and, and we're in, in an age of technology and you can, have, you, I've never met Tim Tebow, but I could have told you everything about really? the guy, um, you know, and, and, you know, I had other role models too of uh, baseball players I looked up to. And one of them was, was, you know, Joe Maurer, the way, you know, he was humble. He carried himself well. And he was a study one batting title after batting title when I was in high school. And, and, um, you know, so just finding a good role model one is, is necessary and, and a good one, a good one. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. And, um, but really just, I think the number one thing is we, we think that the Bible doesn't relate in today's world. And I was just talking to my wife about this, um, yesterday and it's, we're reading, you know, the old Testament, which Mm -hmm. is people think is, you know, this is, you know, it doesn't relate to today. And and we're reading about, um, you know, the King of Israel, the first King of Israel, Saul. And it's like, man, these people literally, we still think this same way today. We still, you know, it's just circumstances were just different. Yeah. Circumstances are different, but the, the mind of the human being is this exact same and all these stories relate to what we're going through. And so if we just pick up the word and give it a chance, just pick it up mm-hmm. and give it a chance and, and read a chapter a day and, and start in, you know, the book of John, um, you know, and just see where it takes you. Because I feel like, you know, the word of God is, is so powerful. And, you know, whenever I'm struggling in my faith or whenever I'm struggling in life, it's, you know, usually I'm not in it. I'm not reading very often. Um, but for me, it was like the more that I read it, the more questions were that I had were answered. And, and really that's what I would say is, is find a good role model. Um, try and read a chapter a day in the book of John and really just give it a chance and see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. I mean, what what's the worst that can come out of it? You know, what, what's the worst that can come out of you trying to just better yourself? Right. Well, my message would be this. Any Reds fan listening, any fan listening right now, if you want a role model, I'm sitting across from him right here. Appreciate so, that. Michael Lorenzo would be a good role model for awesome. anyone. Thank you. Uh, pleasure my friend yeah, thank you to uh get to know you thank you for sharing your story you're very you're an open book which is great yeah. uh you've overcome a lot and i know you've got a lot of great things ahead so i appreciate it man thank awesome you. thank you well just a terrific young man and michael lorenzen and whatever your beliefs are out there and i know there's um you know not everyone believes uh like michael does or maybe you don't have as much conviction as michael does but Either way, um, you've got to be impressed how he is not afraid to share his story. He is not afraid to share his faith. And he's not afraid, as he said, to spread it. And uh, just an insightful young man. And I really enjoy Michael Lorenzo and hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. We invite you to follow along with us on Instagram and Twitter. At Jim Day TV is where you can find me there. 
and uh, you'll find updates, a lot of updates on this podcast and about the Cincinnati Reds and life in general. Please follow along. Again, we ask for those ratings out there. Drop us a five-star. We would greatly appreciate it. And thank you again for listening. And until next time, I'm Jim Day here on the Jim Day Podcast. See ya.